We carry on through our day as if everything is just fine. But for many of us, it's merely a mask covering up all the emotion simmering just under the surface. Welcome to Stories from the Heart of Leadership with Shamin Sadiq. In this program, you'll hear from others who face the same adversities in life as the rest of us. But these individuals have redirected their energies to creating extraordinary ideas and concepts. Find out what they are and what's behind the motive. Now, here is your host, Shamin Sadiq. Hello and welcome to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. I'm your host, Shamin Sadiq, and you're listening to us today on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, last week's show was about self-care, and it was a, a deep topic, one that I've been sitting with most intensely uh, since before that show and since that show as well. One of the um, things I wanted to share with you is something that came in on my blog after the show from one of my listeners. Her name is Lynn, and I promised to share what she wrote because I just think it's so important uh, to add to the conversation that we had last week. She said, I know your struggle with self-care is a challenge for many, Shamin. I know this through the work I do as a peer support volunteer at a cancer support center here in Toronto. The word peer is important as I can't do this work without, without having battled the disease myself. One of the things I find with people, especially women, who are on their own journey is that they, for the most part, have been busy with their day-to-day lives. Most have let others' needs come before their own, and like me, have often chosen to do for others before they have made room to care for themselves. Let me be clear, no one is to blame for getting cancer or any other health issue for that matter. There are many factors that contribute to health and well-being. The one thing that I, as a layperson, have observed, though, is that stress seems to be a common element that contributes to all sorts of health issues. Taking care of others is a noble ambition. It's what we do as parents, siblings, human beings. The bottom line is that we all, regardless of gender, job, roles, ethnicity, age, etc., need to be conscious of the fact that it's okay to love ourselves too and take care of our bodies. It's not being selfish, it's being smart. I'm still working at it, getting better at saying no and putting myself before others, sometimes on my road to wellness, sending you hugs. Well, thanks so much, Lynn, for for writing on the blog and for your sentiments. I I I'm really living this um, daily more and more these days, and getting better at saying no uh, sometimes is what I'm working on too. And I know that there are others there who resonated with what we talked about last week. Now, as I was noticing myself. During the show and after the show, as you know, I'm very transparent about what's going on with me and what the show and and in my involvement with it has taught me and continues to teach me. One of the things I noticed is that I felt a lot of shame the day after the call, and it was about not handling the callers very well. So it was the first time that I had ever asked people to call in, and uh, I was graced with two callers. So the first caller came early in the show. And I was so surprised and so ungrounded by the fact that somebody had actually phoned that it was almost as if someone had thrown a hot potato into my lap. And I just wanted to get that hot potato away from me as fast as I could. So that caller, I felt like I, I, I asked her a question. We had a short conversation and then I said goodbye to her and let her go way too fast. 
Then later in the show, I had a second caller, and that caller um, was, instead of it being like a hot potato, this one was more like a lifeline. And I grabbed onto this caller, who happened to be uh, someone that I work with, and she and I ended up staying on the call, on the show together for the rest of the show. So when I finished the show and I was thinking about it the next day, I thought, geez, you know, I'm so not good at this hosting. I threw one caller away and almost, you know, felt like I discounted her. And then the other one I grabbed onto as if I wasn't enough on my own. And so I sat with that for a a little while. And then I sort of replayed for myself some of the conversation that we were having. And one of the things that my second caller, Deborah, said was, I said something about having it all together. I said, sometimes I have it all together, and then I don't, and that's when I, you know, fall apart, fall off the edge of not taking good care of myself. And she said, well, actually, maybe having it all together is when you realize you've fallen off and you get back on, and you and you do what you need to do, not get back on, but you, you get back in the game. You, you start taking care of yourself, you do what you need to do to clear time and space to restore your energy. That's having it all together. And it was that reframe that led me to this show. The topic for today is having it all together, a reframe. And I think that the the image that I like to have is the one, is sort of the old meaning of having it all together, the one where I'm perfect, I got my stuff together, I know what I'm doing, I've got expertise, I can speak articulately, I'm not messy. That's what I used to think having it all together meant. And I'm beginning to reframe that to we are all learners making our way through the journey of life. And we're works in progress and none of us are a finished product. And this is the subject of my conversations with my with Deborah and other people that I work with um, who support me in my process is to remember this over and over again. And I was thinking about my guest for today. My guest today is Anne Betts. She is the co-founder of Be Above Leadership, and she is an international speaker and trainer on the intersection of neuroscience, coaching, and human transformation. Now, I've been blessed to uh, observe, uh, to participate in Anne's uh, presentations a couple of times. I've been in the audience while she's been speaking, and one of the things that I love about Anne is that she, too, holds herself as a work in progress. I'm not sure if she would term it that way, but that's my noticing of her. And so, Anne, welcome to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. Thank you, Shamine. I'm giggling because I, um, yeah, absolutely, absolutely a work in progress. Um, (laughs) I can can sign up for that for sure. (laughs) You know, there are so many people who do what you do and do what I do, and um, we've both come across so many of them because we travel in these circles. And I know that uh, they're all extraordinary people. This is not to put anyone down. Everyone's extraordinary and everyone's got all these wonderful gifts. But some some are less inclined to allow themselves to be seen as a work in progress than others. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it takes a lot of, um, you know, really was, was sitting here just, um, uh, just in, in such admiration for your transparency as you introduced and talked about your own process from last week. And I'm sure so many people could relate to what you were saying. And so, you know, this just feels really obvious to say it, but sometimes that's helpful. What I notice is that, um, is that, that it just comes from fear. 
Um, and I, I see people out there on the speaking circuit who have wonderful things to say and often are very, very bright about what they say. But it's um, it, sometimes you can feel that the um, polish is a is an overlay of some kind of fear that they may not even be aware of. Am I good enough? And you know, or they've told themselves there's a there's a right way to be a professional. There's a right way to be a speaker or to be taken seriously in the corporate world. And um, and certainly, I find this with people who get trained in academia. There's kind of this this whole. I can just feel it. This kind of right and wrong and. What I notice for myself about when I'm listening and when I'm with someone is um, it gets that gets in the way of me being able to really, really groove on and connect with their message often. Yes, yes, yeah. And um, is I mean we've never actually talked about this together. Um, is this something that I know you've noticed it, but is it in the conversation very often for you? Do you talk about this? In your trainings, in your work? Yeah, yeah, it is because the, the thing that's really, so, so for me, what, for, and for those of you who don't, don't know anything about me <laughs> or what I do, <laughs> um, aside from being an absolute work in progress and, and, a, and a, just ever attempting to walk the talk of whatever I teach, what I'm fascinated by are three, are, what I'm really fascinated by is one thing. I'm fascinated by it. I have been fascinated by it uh, since my teens, and that's human consciousness. Mm. Really, uh, the Buddha said something like, once you hear of enlightenment, you'll never be satisfied with anything else. Mm. You know, uh, and that's the, the driving force of my life for 30-plus years is, what does it mean to be enlightened? Wow. So where I've gone in the last uh, number of years, so spent about 10 years researching human consciousness and teaching human consciousness and awareness and also being a coach since 2001, and I teach for CTI, and I do that, a Coaches Training Institute. Um, and then a, a number of years ago, four or five years ago, what I started seeing, and it was just the blessing of my life, was, oh, there's some stuff going on in the brain at different levels of awareness. Mm. And a big part of it is how prevalent is fear. Mm. Okay. And fear has a different chemical imprint and a different physiological imprint in the brain that keeps us in certain... My view of it, it keeps us trapped in certain behaviors and wired into certain behaviors. So what we like to say is the point of it all is consciousness. Neuroscience, which is now my area of expertise, explains it. And coaching, which I've done for 12, 13, whatever years, and teach, is a really, really great tool. Mm. That is cool. You know, one of the things that I love about you is that you've brought these things together and you've brought them together in a way that gives the art of coaching some science to rest on. Because mm-hmm. I think that the neuroscience that you um, have shared with us, first of all, you make it accessible to us as um, lay people. And secondly, um, 
you bring it to life with it, it, so that we experience it in the moment, it it provides the evidence to a lot of the anecdotal evidence that mm. we as coaches have seen. But this is the scientific kind of grounding of it. And yeah. I love what you're what you're talking about. This fear having an imprint. Um, it you're speaking my language. Um, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I it was it's really interesting. I um and sometimes people are surprised at my own path that I did not I don't come out of the science field. I'm a poet, I'm an artist, I at one point in my life wanted to be a Broadway star. You know, I am an actress, you know, I really come out of what we tend to, to talk about, it's not totally accurate. We tend to think of it as kind of the right brain world. And here I am doing like like the I think the cosmic joke, I really think that that the gods and angels have a huge sense of humor because really if you looked at my yearbook, it would say under my picture, person least likely to teach neuroscience. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love that. The blessing of that for me is that uh, because I think I am the person least likely, I don't. I did. You know, I know that it needs to be understandable, and I really hold that as um, a huge ethic. And I think it was Einstein who said something like, "If you can't explain it simply, you don't understand it well enough." Yeah, yeah. And I really see that in my own work. That if I if I can't give it to you in a metaphor, in a really simple way, in an experiential process, it's probably because I haven't yet unpacked the complexity. Yeah, yeah. That's great. Well, I mean, this is what I'm curious about then, is this fascination with human consciousness that led you to present day. You said it took hold 30 years ago. What happened back then that brought <laughs> you along on this journey? Um, I think, I think the, the uh, two things happened. Um, and I don't, I don't remember if it could, I think I think I was always, like, when I was in high school, I was... Uh, fascinated with um, mythology and archetypes and astrology, and I was, so I think this goes to um, you know goes throughout my life. But when I was about seventeen, um, I have a condition in my family that runs in my family called alopecia, mm. and what it is is it's hair loss. It's the body becomes allergic to the hair. It's an autoimmune disease. Yes. So um, I've had it since I was three, and then when I was 17, my hair just kept falling out and wouldn't grow back. Wow. It always, it always had before. So here I am, I'm 17 years old. I am thinking that the big goal of my life, I was doing, I did a lot of theater, a lot of local theater. I was, you know, always the ingenue. I was, you know, the, my brother was the smart one. I was the pretty one like that. And my hair fell out, and I was like, well, okay, that dream of, you know, being the star and all of that, that is clearly door is closed. Now, clearly I made that up. Nobody said that door is closed, but my belief at point at that time was that door is closed to me. And it actually took me to this place. You were talking about shame. Mm-hmm. It took me to this place of feeling like so outside the human circle. Wow. You know, this fundamental difference of not having any hair as a 17-year-old girl. Yeah. What a kid, you know, what do you talk yeah. about? Your hair. Oh, <laughs> your my hair gosh. Your body, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I felt really outside and not, and very disconnected. I used to say it felt like the whole world was in a Pepsi commercial and I wasn't in it. Mm. Ouch, and, yeah. Yeah, it was a big, big ouch, big, big seminal 
hard moment in my life. So the, that's one thing that happened, shook up my reality profoundly. And I met some people right around then who were very involved in the Hunger Project and what was at the time still the EST training, and it became the Landmark Forum. Okay. And so I met these people, and I was 17, very lost, very disconnected, and they saw something in me that I couldn't see in myself. Mm. And they said this, you know, come and do this thing, come and do these weekends, and I don't even know, Shemin, where the hell I got the money at the time to do that, but I did. Wow. Pulled it together, and I went off and I did the S training, and what I realized in doing that was that I was no more disconnected than anyone else, Mm. that what I was feeling and aware of was a profoundly human condition, not a personal one. Mm. And that realization when I was 18 kind of shifted my whole view, and this idea that human consciousness and awareness and purpose and meaning and um, presence and everything we talk about now in leadership and coaching that opened up to me um, and started, you know, that was the beginning of my journey. Oh, so many years ago. Wow. That was the long I, version. <laughs> I, I just, um, first of all, thank you so much for sharing that with us. And this is what this, this, <laughs> this is what the show is for, is exactly what you speak of. So many people walk around having the experience they're having, whichever, whatever the circumstances, whatever their specifics are, feeling like it means they're not part of the Pepsi commercial, that yeah. they've been excluded from life somehow. And to find that, uh, only to find later, or maybe sooner, as in your case, that that is not the case, that it's actually the profound experience of being human that they're having. We need to go to a break. Um, When we come back, I want to hear what happened next. (laughs) So (laughs) we'll take a break now and be back in a couple minutes. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Could your business be doing better? In today's economy, results are dependent on your leaders. And you know effective leaders outperform ineffective leaders every time. The Leadership Circle Profile Assessment enhances effectiveness in leadership. It's the only 360 that reveals what's going on with your manager, why it's happening, and what actions to take for positive change. Want to improve business? We have the system and the breakthrough tools to make it happen. For a free demo, visit theleadershipcircle.com. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com
listening to stories from the heart of leadership. If you have a question or comment, or just want to find out more about our program, please send Shamin an email. Her email address is shamin at anjaliLeadership.com. That's S-H-A-H-M-E-E-N at A-N-J-A-L-I Leadership.com. Now, back to stories from the heart of leadership. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Ann Betts, of Be Above Leadership, and the topic today is having it all together, a reframe. Now, before we jump back into the conversation, I want to tell you some other ways to get in touch with me. I realize that uh, we talk about email, and I'm of the age that email is my probably my, uh, my go-to method of communication, but you can also connect with me on Facebook, on LinkedIn. You can follow me on Twitter. All of that, just Shamin's You'll find me that way. And as well, you can sign up for my e-newsletter. If you go to AnjaliLeadership.com, there's a sign-up form on the front page where you can um, join the conversation. As well, I wanted to acknowledge my sponsors, my uh, dear sponsors, Jim Anderson and Dan Holden, who came on the show and talked about their program, The Refiner's Playground, a few weeks ago. Uh, you can reach Jim at fittolead.com and Dan at danielholdenassociates.com, two amazing, wonderful colleagues of mine who so graciously agreed to support my journey into radio host um, role, and as well, the Full Circle Group and the Leadership Circle, with whom I'm just so honored to be so closely associated. And to learn more about these organizations, you can go to fcg-global.com. So, back to Anne and your profound awareness that you were having in a human experience. Um, and this, all of this at the age of 17. Wow. I, I think I was 18 by then. Okay. But. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, you know, still, wow. Yeah, well, it wasn't, the full awareness didn't really sink in at, at that time exactly, but it was, you know, it was that door um, opening or the being sent on a new path, and it's been a, um, I'm 50 this year, so that's been a long path, and it was a long path of coming to terms with, you know, losing my hair and lots of, uh, what does that mean for me, as well as being on this, being aware that I was on this bigger journey, and even a period of time in there, and I, I've, you know, talked to enough people that I know people relate, where I felt very called toward this journey of, of somehow being a catalyst for human awareness. And then there was a period in there where I didn't want the responsibility. And I tried to, you know, just sort of be normal and kind of walk away from it in there as well. You know, I think that um, with that um, awakening or that responsibility of being a catalyst for human experience and development is, I mean, I've often felt, oh, I wish I didn't know any of this stuff. Because then I could just go, la, 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 and, um, you know, ignorantly, blissfully wander through life without really the weight of the responsibility. I'm not sure if it's the same for you, but that's my version of what I'm hearing you say. Yeah, and I think that was probably, for me, more... Um, yeah, I've definitely had that in, in periods in my life. Like what, and especially when I was younger, because it felt like I had all of this wisdom, but so little experience. Mm. And, you know, in my time as a coach, I've worked with a lot of people in their early 20s. Um, I love that age range. And I really have so much compassion and empathy for being, like, fully wise, 
fully aware. And yet, you know, like on the spiritual level, maybe being just thousands of years old. And on the human level, being 23. Like yeah. it, it's a that's a that's not the easiest place to be. And one of the things that I have, say, have seen from my own experience is it just gets so much easier as you kind of catch up with yourself. Absolutely, absolutely. So tell me what you were doing as you were catching up with yourself. <laughs> well, I was running away for a while, and you know, got got married and had a family and lived in the suburbs, and mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, tried to tried to be normal and even drove a station wagon for a while. And then when I was forty, it just hit me. You know, I'm I'm just not. I'm not done with adventure. I'm not. You know, I'm not this person who's happy and satisfied with. You know, a nice family, which you know, wonderful family, but um, you know, barbecuing on the weekends and having people over and talking about the state of politics—it just was never going to be enough for me. And I think, you know, for me also, uh, in there came coaching. Okay. So, you know, I, I, you know, somewhere in there before I turned forty, I also became a coach. And when I walked into my first class which was through the Coaches Training Institute, who I work for now, um, I felt like I'd come home. I really felt like, you know, these are the conversations that I want to be having. This is real. And that was such a feeling of just profound gratitude to be um, in that community again and, and be talking about what was really important. I want to link your story to the topic of having it all together. Um, yeah. Because what you talk about this um, sort of this regular white picket fence existence of the barbecues and so on, uh, it's it's funny because there's a there's a superficiality that I know you're referring to that was the part that you knew was not enough for you. I, I'm guessing. I'm sensing. Yeah. And I sometimes have have felt that way too. And then yet now where I find myself today is because um, things are so busy and there is so much demand for a lot of what I have to offer, I, I yearn for that. Yeah. Not the superficiality well, of it, but the the groundedness and the relaxation of it. You know, and it's a great example of one of the things we talk about a lot in our program is the, is the difference between form and experience. And this is not yes. unique or anything. It's not like, oh, you know, my goodness, we know this, nobody else does. But it's something that I really come back to in saying it wasn't about the form. It was about the experience. There was some way that I was not being true to myself. Um, and that, you know, that that's the work in progress for me is, is the ever unfolding, what is being true to myself? And I remember I, when, um, oh, this would have been about 10 years ago, I had the opportunity. I had a friend who was um, working on uh, taking people on guided shamanic journeys. And so about 10 years ago, he did this in a workshop, and I went on a guided shamanic journey, and um, it was all about meeting your spirit guides. And we went on this wonderful journey, and I met a little porcupine, and that, you know, was wonderful, and we went off, and there was a, uh, we were supposed to go to some little dwelling or cabin, and so here I am in this cabin, and it's full of my spirit guides. And there's Albert Einstein, who happens to be sitting on the refrigerator. Wow. And I'm this is like cabin. My spirit guides are having a party, and I can't get like I can't lock into any one of them except Albert Einstein. And you know, in the journey and being, we're being as I'm being facilitated. Okay, well, ask your spirit guide like what message they have for you. This was ten years ago, yeah. and Albert Einstein looks at me and says, "Keep studying science." Wow. 
And I was not studying science at the time. I didn't have any interest in science. I didn't have any relationship to it. I didn't know what the heck was going on. I thought it was the most bizarre thing ever. Um, and it was, it's, you know, so I look at that, and for me that's a bit of an anchor into, and look where I am now. Yeah. Somehow something got out ahead of me that I didn't even know at the time. Yeah. And it wasn't even that because of that I then created this intention. It just sort of happened. And now I look back at it and go, well, you know, I guess Einstein was in charge after all. Wow. Wow. There's I some... Love, yeah, I ahead. love to tell that story, Shamin, because I like to say, you know, what you need to know about me, this sort of sums up the two things. One is that Albert Einstein is one of my spirit guides, and the <laughs> other is that I'm the sort of person who would have spirit guides. You know, it's that weird combination of things. <laughs> Not so weird because I've experienced you in person, but I get what you're saying. <laughs> now, the dynamic that I'm starting to draw out of what you're, what we're talking about here is um, has elements of this catching up to myself, mm. has elements of form and experience. And that I, I, the picture that's starting to come to me is that sometimes things exist in form um, that are way ahead of where our experience is. And then, and then with you, with your story, when I think about your, um, you know, at such a young age, um, having all that wisdom, but not having the life experience yet. And then I think about the, at age 40, when you said, um, this is not, you know, this, the, 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 the trappings of what is here is not enough for me without, there's something missing. There's something missing. And that was the form. And then this experience or richness was missing that you needed to go and delve more into and grow. Well, you know, the words that are coming to me when I think about um, my, my meandering path of being where I, where I am and, and, um, and being really, really happy where I am as well, feeling like there's a sense for me of, of rightness, of purpose that, that's bigger than I've ever had. And the two words that really come to me if I look back on and reflect on, kind of how did I end up here with this rightness and purpose, the two words are intention and flow. Mm. And it's not one or the other. And they, neither one is the answer. Yeah. It's not just the answer to follow the flow. Right. Right. But it's also not just the answer to constantly have a vision and set your intention and t- kind of, you know, just do it and Nike eyes yourself into where you want to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. There's it's been both. a real dance of, of listening to and watching um, where does my energy rise up and where is there delight? And being aware of that and following that and, and, and being aware of, there's a wonderful line from a Kurt Vonnegut novel um, called Cat's Cradle, and there's a, he makes up a religion in the novel, and the, the whole novel, it's full of these Bokanon-isms, because that's the religion, this made-up religion. And, and one of the lines I love is, strange travel suggestions are dancing lessons from God. Wow. Can you say that again? Yeah, it's, I love it, and I really do live my life, but this is one of the sayings I live my life by. Strange travel suggestions are dancing lessons from God. Oh, wow, so, that's cool. So, you know, these, like, interesting requests and strange, strange requests and, and odd things, I just think, well, that's a dancing lesson. I, you know, yes, <laughs> why not? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
And and what I'm noticing about this is if you thought you were done, a finished product, those those uh, strange travel suggestions or invitations, as I call them, wouldn't resonate. You wouldn't care to follow them. You wouldn't yeah. even think they were important. They wouldn't, yeah, they wouldn't, either you wouldn't get them yes. or they wouldn't show up. Yeah. Or it's kind of like been there, you know, eh, been there, done that. Exactly. But there's something about the ones that have this zzz. Yeah. Um, and I hold that as a um, as part, and, and I think what I hold about that is I don't have to know why. Somehow I just know it's important, and maybe someday I will live into the answer of why it's important, but I don't have to know. Yeah. Yeah. So a number of years ago, five, five years ago maybe or so, I had a strange travel suggestion, which was to go to Nepal and teach leadership mm. to, this, to a women's micro-lending cooperative. And I wasn't going to get paid to do it. It was all volunteer and ended up going one year. And then the next year just dragooned my beloved business partner, Ursula, into coming along with me. And we went, so two years in a row, went to Nepal to teach leadership. Oh. I still don't know the fullness of the why of that. But I know it's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful tile in my mosaic of who I am that I really value. And I don't know all the whys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it felt right. The, the pull was there. The tug on your heart was there. And you followed it. Yeah. And that's the flow part of your um, dance. Yeah, and the intention part, here's what's interesting. Here's the intention part, Shemeen. Mm-hmm. I, was, um, I moved last year, and I was going through a bunch of, you know how you sort stuff out when you move, or you know, some of us do anyway, and I, was, <laughs> I came across a bunch of old journals and you know, got lost for like three hours one afternoon reading all these old journals, and I found one, which was nothing but a bunch of intentions. Mm. Just like I, had, I think I'd had a challenge to write down 100 things I wanted, and I could only like do 50 because I couldn't even think of them all. And I went cool. through that. And one of the intentions which I had totally forgotten about was not in my conscious memory at all. Mm. I just saw this line in there, go to Nepal. Wow. (laughs) And forgot completely about it. Again, it wasn't like, you know, for some people, if that's a conscious dream, I just wrote it down, let go of it, didn't remember it all, looking at this thing in the journal going, all right, well, check, did that. (laughs) Wow. Wow. I love that. I love that. Very cool. Very cool. You know, um, I'm standing in an interesting place right now where I am. So this, uh, bringing it back around to this notion of self-care that we were talking about at the beginning of the show, um, there's been a lot of illness in my story, a lot of times, a lot of fatigue in my story. And mm. uh, my listeners have heard me talk about it last week and possibly even before that. And this morning, I had to call 911 here, actually, because I wasn't sure what was wrong with me, but I thought perhaps I was having a stroke. I wasn't. I'm happy to say I'm fine. But I started to um, see sort of a flashing in my left eye and saw mm. sort of this, this film of light that was sort of over top, overlaid over everything. And and it didn't, you know, sometimes that happens from looking at the screen of the computer. It didn't subside. And um, I, uh, after half an hour, I decided, okay, I'm alone here. I should probably just call. So I did, and the paramedics came. And by the time they came, I was all right. But it's, um, it's, it's funny because it's becoming... 
it's something I've always viewed as an inconvenience and I wish it wasn't there and I wish I didn't have this problem mm. that I always get tired and mm. sick and run down and burned out. And um, it's now looking at it, I can see a thread here and it's actually mm. part of my life journey. Wow. I never would have called it in, never would have asked for this. Trust me, never. Um, when it hits, when the fatigue hits, it's, it's incredible. And I have to, you know, I have to drop everything. Um, and so it's just, I, I'm, I'm fascinated by how life issues these strange travel suggestions or these invitations or these experiences that we don't know what they mean in the moment. And we yeah. say yes to them or we say no to them or we engage with them or we don't. And then later we are able to see, okay, this, we are able to see part of it, maybe. And, and like you said on your Nepal trip, you, you still don't know the full why. Yeah, and boy, this is like a, this is a, just such a beautiful example um, of one of my so one of my thoughts about all of this comes from a, a friend of mine, a Polish guy named Jacek, and he talks about that our greatest pain is our greatest leadership. Yes, and I um, you know, and I think about losing my hair and the the, the pain of that at age seventeen and. Mm. Um, uh, and I, you know, it's it's not the worst thing that can happen. There's lots of stuff that happens to people that's, you know, way worse than that. But it was pretty bad for me. Yeah. Um, you know, what, and, you know, when I think about your fatigue and that, that I have this deep abiding belief that my soul, not my human ego, my human ego is not interested in mm-hmm. losing my hair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My human ego would really, frankly, you know, prefer to I can't even think, you know, look like Michelle Pfeiffer or whoever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> really. Um, but my soul, my soul signed up for it. Yeah. Because somehow it was really important to whatever I'm here to do. And I'm still living into that, and I probably will live into that my whole life. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I believe that, too. I believe that our souls signed up for whatever our greatest pain is, whatever our challenges are, whatever um, that that is, is something that we signed up for. Um, We need to take another break. And when we come back, we'll have our final segment with Anne in this delightful conversation about this reframe on having it all together. Making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. What does success mean to you? Is it being just like the person on the other side of the fence where the grass is supposedly greener? We harbor too many feelings of envy and suppressed anger targeted at others, and it's holding us back from our success. Tune in to Wealthy Thoughts with Richard Levy. Just by listening, you'll be empowered to make positive lifestyle changes to live the successful life that you deserve to live. Wealthy Thoughts can be heard every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Could your business be doing better? In today's economy, results are dependent on your leaders. And you know effective leaders outperform ineffective leaders every time. 
The Leadership Circle Profile Assessment enhances effectiveness in leadership. It's the only 360 that reveals what's going on with your manager, why it's happening, and what actions to take for positive change. Want to improve business? We have the system and the breakthrough tools to make it happen. For a free demo, visit theleadershipcircle.com. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Listening to stories from the heart of leadership. If you have a question or comment, or just want to find out more about our program, please send Shamine an email. Her email address is shamine at anjaliLeadership.com. That's S H A H M E E N at A N J A L I Leadership.com. Now, back to stories from the heart of leadership. Welcome back to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. I'm your host, Shamin Sadik, and I'm here with Ann Betts, co-founder of Be Above Leadership. So I wanted to tell you about a couple of things that I've got coming up, and then I want Ann to tell us about some of the things that she has coming up. Um, so for me, a public power circle happening in Chicago, August 11th and 12th. If you haven't checked this out yet on my website or don't know anything about it, um, find out. Go to Anjali leadership.com click on events and read about the power circles you'll be especially interested if your job is or your role is to support human development so if you're a coach or leadership development professional or an HR professional um, you're in the professions that um, could stand to use some of your own work or some of our own work with yourself this is a self-care retreat in service of strengthening your purpose, your passion, and your journey towards your vision. As well, I've got the Leadership Circle Profile Certification coming up actually this week, um, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday in the Washington, D.C. area. I'm teaching that, and I'm teaching as well in October, 1st to 3rd in Denver, and I'm teaching a Train the Trainer in the Leadership Circle's Authentic Leader Workshop, and that is uh, the following week um, in October in Toledo. So uh, all that information is available on theleadershipcircle.com. Now, Anne, tell us two things, how to get in touch with you and also what you've got coming up. Okay, well, the best way to get in touch with me is Anne at beaboveleadership.com. Is and my website is beaboveleadership.com, and there's a contact thing on there as well. And if you go there, that was, is also where we have everything around our about our current classes. We do a class called uh, Neuroscience Consciousness and Transformational Coaching. It is available for trained coaches. You need to be classroom trained by an accredited coach training organization. You don't have to be certified, but you do need to have pre- completed the classroom training. And um, we've got one of those coming up in Toronto, June 25th through 29th. It's an intensive. We're doing Module 1 and 2. So if you're fascinated by consciousness and neuroscience and want to really kick your coaching up to another level, come and join us for that. We'll be in London, England, doing... um, Uh, the Neuroscience of Executive Coaching in July, and we'll be in California in September, Washington, D.C. in July. We're kind of all over the place with this one. Um, 
and it's just great fun. If you have any questions about it, you can email me or contact me through the website. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention is that I'm presenting at the World Business and Executive Coaching Summit, which is a virtual coaching summit that's going on all month. My presentation is on Friday the 13th, and we are going to be talking about the keys to neuroplasticity, and that is really the neuroscience behind why self-care is actually not optional and why self-care, sleep, um, getting enough sleep, getting enough exercise, getting the proper nutrition, things like that, are, is crucial to your brain health and your ability to learn and change. So that's going to be a really fun um, hour and a half program, and you can find out more about that by going to the WBECS website or on Facebook. And if someone misses the, um, speaking of, uh, if someone, uh, that would be me, can't be there there for that, um, is it recorded? Is it downloadable later? I believe you can get all of the recordings from everybody, and there's lots of really fascinating people, Marshall Goldsmith and a whole bunch of other people. I think there's like 87 different presenters. I can't remember how many, but it's, it's a very cool, very cool program. That's great. You know, what I love about that is um, we were talking about self-care last week. It's obviously a big thread for me. And um, again, having the neuroscience to to have the science behind it. Yeah. Why? Why is this important? I know it's important because it's my experience that it is. And when I see people start to attend to it, wonderful and amazing things happen. They get stronger. They get uh, more powerful. They feel better. Uh, there's so many benefits. But to know that the brain actually needs this too, that it isn't actually an option, is um, just going to be uh, a phenomenal way to strengthen the message. So I'm yeah, looking it, forward you to know that. What it- one of the things that it really did for me, Shamine, is it, it, it took self-care. The whole conversation about is it selfish for me to spend time on myself has just disappeared mm. because I know I want my brain to be strong. I want to, not for my own ego, because I've got so much to do and so much to contribute and so much I want to learn so I can share it. And if I'm not doing the basic self-care, I know from a neuroscience brain structure, biochemical argument, I can't. Yeah. So therefore, stopping what I'm doing and going for a walk, making sure I'm eating well, getting enough sleep, taking a nap, all of those things, they're just like taking care of my instrument. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. I would love to take that. Um, well, and I, and I do, and I still struggle with it. <laughs> so yeah. I'm there, and I'm also, I'm also a work in progress on that front, too. Um, yeah, and... We were talking about, well, when we emailed before the show about the show, and I kind of framed it the way I did in the episode description, you wrote back and, and you used a word that I hadn't actually heard before. And you said, I love, I love um, the concept or talking about, or I love autodidactic learning or something like that. And I went, yeah. what, is, what does that mean? So I yeah, looked at it Tell us about that. It's not a really common term, and, and it's, a, it's a term that I found for myself because it just sounds so nice and fancy. Um, <laughs> being, being an autodidact basically means self-taught. And I really started thinking about this when my son um, was about 14 and he discovered philosophy. And they weren't teaching it at his school, but he just, it was like somebody had lit a fire and the forest was on, you know, the, it was just a flame. I mean, in a good way. That's maybe not the best analogy, but he just <laughs> like kept reading everything he could get his hands on. And I was so thrilled about his quest for knowledge, and I recognized, oh, so 
this is this is when we're on fire with learning versus trying to learn something to jump through the right hoops to get the credential. So it's I'm wanting to like elevate this because it's it's got such um, what I would say is it's got such an authenticity to it. We get so programmed, in, at least in the Western world, to, with the means to an end. Yes. Am I going to get the credential? Am I going to get the doctorate or the master's degree? Am I going to have the letters behind my name and so everybody will be impressed and all of that? Um, whereas, and it's not that, the, that you're not learning as you do it and that there's not good value and that there's not good programs. I don't mean that. I don't mean to throw the baby out with the bathwater. But I think there's something that needs to be more honored just about learning for the sake of learning mm-hmm. and celebrating that and celebrating that it doesn't always have to end in a credential. I hear, here. Absolutely. And is that, when you say you want to elevate that, I mean, I have, I have three questions for you. One is, um, what, why are you so passionate about that? Let me ask them all so that I don't lose them. Why are you so passionate about that? What is um, so important about that for you? Maybe those two questions are the same. And does it, does it always have to be formal learning? Or mm-hmm. are we also talking about just learning from life, learning from our experiences, learning as we go forward? You know, I was just reading it. The Scientific American has a, a couple months ago did a did a um, magazine just about creativity, and there's a great article in there about Leonardo da Vinci. And he said he's got a quote that's something like, "Experience is my only teacher." Mm. He was all about ob- or ob- either experience or observation. Mm. So yeah, what are we learning? That's research. Our experience, now we do get, it's, you know, we have to be aware of our own bias and all of that, but certainly that's part of our wisdom, that's part of our knowledge, it's part of our intuition is our hundreds of hours of working with people, and it's legitimate. Um, You know, one of the reasons that I'm really passionate about it, um, we could look at it in the light and the dark, which I want to be honest about. So we'll look at, you know, we'll look at at the dark side of this. And probably one of the reasons that I'm really passionate about it is I don't have lots of letters behind my own name. Mm, (laughs) And people mm. are constantly saying to me, you know, where'd you get your PhD? I don't have a PhD in neuroscience. Right. I have, I did graduate studies, but I did not go all the way through to get any additional letters other than I'd have a bachelor's degree in philosophy. Um, so there, you could write me off, and please feel free to, but you're welcome to do that by saying, well, this is just Anne's own ego, you know, trying to justify itself and all of that. So that would be the dark side of saying I'm just trying to, you know, make myself feel better. The light side is um, you can't quantify a lot of wisdom and knowledge. Mm. There's a place where we, I believe, that we know truth and we can feel it and we can have this sense of, like we were talking at the beginning, of people who um, we feel a resonant vibration of authenticity when they speak. And that's not often what we get the credential for. Yes. Yes. So I want to have room for that and a more of a conversation around that and I know there are people who are really good at following the rules, jumping through the hoops, going through it, getting their, getting their degrees and certifications. And you know what? 
I really actually have a lot of admiration for that because it's not my strongest suit. And so I can be inspired by that. And then I just want to have room for non-linear learners who are passionate about things and maybe go deep into things and don't care about the letters that are behind their name just because they actually care more about the learning. You know, a few weeks ago, I received an email that I'd been nominated for an award. Um, it's a Canadian award for women, uh, female entrepreneurs, I guess. And <clears throat> I fir- when I first got it, I... I went, oh, that's like, gosh, that's so nice. And and why would somebody nominate me? Because I haven't done anything particularly amazing. You know, I just do what I do. And... Um, and then I then I decided to look a little further, and I I looked at the application, and it's quite intense. Like it, it's quite a big undertaking to actually complete this. Once you, you accept the nomination, then they send you this whole package, and they, there's a lot to a lot of information to provide, and a lot to write and create to kind of sell yourself as why you should win. And I thought there's I don't feel like putting the effort forth just mm-hmm. to say that I won, mm-hmm. and I don't think I would win anyway. But what I realized was the opportunity is there for me to actually use that process to do two things. Articulate um, something new that I'm working with. I've been doing um, these power circles with coaches, but I also do them with kids, preteens. And I've spoken of it on the on the show a few times, but this is a program that's starting to gain some momentum. It's not even a program yet. It's a pilot that I've been doing for two years. But possibility is to use this as the vehicle to uh, articulate what it is maybe with a little bit more um, definition than I've had so far and also to give it some um, uh, exposure so that there may be people who are willing to invest in it or to be interested in it and help me further it because I don't know how to further it Mm -hmm. myself I know I'll Mm -hmm. need partners so for me that was the the thought that I would do this if it was for the sake of that yeah um yeah, not just to say, I won. <laughs> That's not my oh, primary motivator. I love that. And I really, really want to honor that, that there's a, if in, and I think that's true as well as, you know, getting all the, the letters behind your name. What is it for the sake of? Yes. The, because the other thing that I also know, I have a, 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 I have a couple of different poems about this theme, and one of them has the line in it, nothing can anoint you, if you do not anoint yourself. Mm. So I also see people chasing the next certification because the truth of the matter is they want to feel good enough about themselves. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, I come back to anoint yourself. Yes. Believe in yourself. And then yes. if the certification amuses you, do that. But it, yeah, don't try to prove it to yourself. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and. Our time has come to an end, and I want to thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for anointing us with your presence and your essence and your energy and your enthusiasm and your story. Mm, thank you. It has been a delight. I just love being part of this, and maybe we'll, you know, can do it again sometime. I think we have lots to talk about, and this was really fun. Thank you. I'm honored to be a guest. Oh, thank you so much. I, I think we should definitely do it again, too. And listeners, um, Share your thoughts on the show. If you, uh, if one thing in your life would be better because you could remember your work in progress, what would that be? Share your thoughts on my blog at AnjaliLeadership.com or send me an email. 
And thank you so much for listening today and for being with us. Thank you as well to all the folks at Voice America, including my producer, Doug McCormick, for your support. And we will, I will see you or hear you uh, speak with you next time. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much for joining us today for Stories from the Heart of Leadership. Shamin Sadiq will be back next Monday with another extraordinary guest at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We hope you'll come back as well. Have a terrific week. And remember, you are not alone. Thank you.